Good morning. Merry Christmas. It's great to be with you this morning on this Christmas day. I'd love it if you kept that page open. We're going to be thinking about that section that was just read to us by Julie. It starts with these words. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi, wise men from the east, came to Jerusalem. This is a majestic account that we find in the Gospel of Matthew, and it's a surprising one because many people have observed that the Gospel of Matthew is directed to Jewish believers. But what's interesting about this account that was read to us is that it's focused not on Jewish people, but on people who are far from Jerusalem. This section focuses on the long and arduous journey of wealthy Gentile wise men and their goal being some toddler time. We're not quite sure how old Jesus was when the wise men came to him. He, Jesus could have been um, even a year old when they met him, but what we do know for sure is because Jesus was a toddler, he was far more in- interested in the wrapping paper than the actual presence. This might be a familiar section to some of us, but I want to think of it this morning by asking three questions. I want to ask, firstly, why would these men want to find Jesus? Secondly, I want to ask, what does it take to find Jesus? And thirdly, I want to ask, how do you know if you've found Jesus? So firstly, why would they want to find Jesus? Verse 1, it says there that the Magi from the east came to Jerusalem. These travellers were from the east. We don't know where, possibly from the region, the modern region of Iran or Iraq. Definitely hundreds, possibly thousands of kilometres away. Maybe there were three, maybe more. They weren't kings, but they were wealthy and probably associated with the royal courts, upper-level management here on a business trip. And their interest, it would seem, well, their interest has been provoked by the world that's beyond them. Because part of their interest was the stars, the galaxy, the world out there. And it's this interest that God uses to strategically place a light or a star to direct them. See, God meets them where they were, and he drew them to himself. Why did these wise men, these magi, why did they want to find Jesus? Well, the answer is they didn't. They didn't. They were far from God, and they were far from his people and promises like so many people in our world. So many people are looking at a world beyond them, a world that's around them. And there's a sense of interest. There's a sense of wonder, and yet there's also a sense of emptiness. T.S. Eliot words, words describe it, describe so many. He says, they had the experience, but they missed the meaning. See, God's presence in our world has faded. We're in a modern world. We're in a scientific world. God and his involvement 
it seems to have faded. And yet, so many people will admit that for all our technological advance, for all that we have in our lives, there is something meaning, uh, there is something missing. And often that which is missing isn't known until we're found. Not that we find it, but here in this section of the Bible, we see that God finds these men. See, the star that shone was not some random star. The star that shone was a star that God created. The star that shone was a star that God created for his son. Every beam of that star shone for him. See, the purpose of creation isn't to give us meaning as people. The purpose of creation, the Bible tells us, is so that it might play its part in the worship of the Lord Jesus and the worship of his son. God met those men as they stared out into the galaxy. He met them and he led them and he gave them a spiritual hunger, a quest. See, this is the beautiful thing. If we are a Christian person, we can know today that if we, if we celebrate the birth of Jesus, if we celebrate that God has come to us, we celebrate knowing that it is God who has led us to this child. It's not our intellect. It's not that we are somehow more moral or spiritually discerning than anyone else. It's that God has used his creation, people around us, events in our lives, and he has directed us to him that we might come and worship. Secondly, when I ask the question, what does it take to find Jesus? You have a look there. As they came, in verse 2, to Jerusalem, they asked the question, where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? When King Herod, verse 3, heard this, they, he was disturbed. Herod saw the birth of Jesus as a threat, which is interesting, isn't it? The threat of a baby. Here is this man who rules his region, a, a man that we know from history who was immensely gifted, gifted in hand-to-hand combat, in debate, a great builder, a fantastic manager, And he is now paranoid because a baby has been born. And what's very interesting, you can see there in verse 3, it's not just Herod who's concerned. Verse 3, and all Jerusalem with him. You see the nature of what it is to live under the rule of a tyrant? These people are worn down and weary under his rule. An anxious system is what they're involved in. The people are vulnerable and at the mercy of Herod, this despotic ruler. See, what does it take to find Jesus? Well, firstly, we need to realise that we ourselves, by nature, are ruled by one who doesn't have our best interests. There are forces of evil at work in our world. And we need to recognise, firstly, that they are there. But we need to also realise that in the birth of Jesus, another king has come. See, we can either be ruled by evil, 
or we can be ruled by the Prince of Peace. So what does it take to find Jesus? Well, firstly, we need to know that we are either ruled by King Jesus or we're ruled by other tyrants. But secondly, we see that these seekers go to Jerusalem to have their questions answered. And that's, that's a fair enough um, place to go. They've started off in this far country. What were their expectations as they arrived there in Jerusalem? This king that they looked for, did they see packed streets with celebrations and a buzzing vibe? No. There were no public holidays, no bells and trumpets. They were wandering around, asking that question there in verse 2. Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? He's not in Jerusalem, they're told. And so they walk 12 or 13 kilometres up the road. It's like they can't do without him. They must have him. In fact, they'll do anything to find Jesus. See, they might not know how to find him or where, but they seek him. And that's what it takes to find Jesus. It takes someone wanting to find him. It takes some struggle. It takes moving away from what's comfortable, our home, and moving into places which are unfamiliar, places where you have to ask questions. What does it take to find Jesus? It takes a desire. It takes a longing. God fulfilled those promises from the Old Testament we see from Malachi. And as they made the journey up to Bethlehem, we learn that the journey of leaving home, the journey of even getting close, wasn't enough. They needed to stop only when they found Jesus. What does it take to find him? We need to seek him. And thirdly, how do we know that we've found Jesus? How do these wise men know that they've found Jesus? Well, it's interesting. They went to the house where Jesus was at that time. And we're told there in verse 11, they didn't just stay outside the house. They went inside the house and they worshipped him. These men of dignity, these men of wealth, these men who commanded others there are prostrate, falling down their face in the dust, revering and adoring this toddler or baby. Here is refreshment from their long journey. Here is what they've been looking for. They've surrendered everything that they have, their dignity, their convenience. They've surrendered it and bowed their heart before this one. See, this is the purpose of their life. This is where their lives were heading. It wasn't out into the stars. The stars were simply a means to direct them to the Lord Jesus. And for us, there are so many things that happen in our lives. But the purpose of our lives isn't what's out there. The purpose of our lives is found 
in the worship, in the reverence, and in the adoration of the Lord Jesus. See, people, many people go to Jerusalem wanting to worship with all the outward signs of religion. And many people are happy just to stay there. But these wise men move from the familiar, from the established, from the formal, and they move to the house where Jesus was. A house with no outward display, with no sense of formality, a place where they find the humble Lord Jesus. They're on a journey, they're on a quest, and they're on a quest to the small and the unnoticed parts. And that's how they know that they've found Jesus. They know that they've found Jesus not in the formal and the spectacular, they know that they've found Jesus in the small and in the unnoticed. And there they give their gifts, not gifts of payment, but gifts of gratitude. They give their own treasure and they joyfully worship Jesus. They give him gold, the most valued of metals. Gold, the king of metals, we're told. Surrendering their status, surrendering their freedom. There they worship the Lord Jesus. We have the same opportunity. We have the same opportunity that these wise men had. They might have been directed by a star, but we are directed by God's word. And those who were once foolish in their quest at looking at the stars, became wise when they sought and when they looked for the Lord Jesus. You see, you don't have to come from thousands of miles. You could, in fact, be very close to the Lord Jesus. But you haven't found him. You don't know him if you're not willing to give everything that you have for him. See, these men had left their home. They'd been directed by God to the baby Jesus and they fell at their feet of that toddler because there, in worship of him, they'd come home. I'm going to ask you if today you want to make that journey as well, not just to Jerusalem, to the familiar and the religious, but to the Lord Jesus, knowing that the journey to him is a joyful journey and the worship of him is one that demands everything that we have but is our highest joy. Let's pray that today we might seek the joy of worshipping the Lord Jesus. Amen.